0: Dysfunctional families. Anyone got one of those? I think we all have. In fact, if, if for those who've got a faith and know a lot of the stories from the Bible, there is so much dysfunction in the Bible. So you can feel better about yourselves because, you know, like Adam and Eve didn't do very well. There was the first homicide. That wasn't good with Cain and Abel. And, then there's a, and I think even Jesus. I've lost my kids in a shopping center, but I knew straight away. But even Jesus's family, Mary goes up to Joseph. Have you seen? Have you seen Jesus? He goes. I haven't seen him for a couple of days. I thought you had him. She said, I didn't have him. I thought you had him. It took three days. So you can all sort of learn that there's dysfunction, and and that's what focus on the family is all about. Trying to help families do life a little bit better. And uh, does that come up on the screen? Have I? There you go. So we were all about strengthening families and relationships. We do that in a variety of ways, as I said before, with the radio. But I remember a, a, a man came up to me, I was speaking in Perth, and he came up to me and says, you saved my marriage. And I said, well, tell me more. And he goes, I had my bags packed. I had I was hopping in the car, I was leaving my wife, and you came on the radio. And it was all about just help saying that, marriage is hard work. It takes a lot of work, but it takes equally both work to make it work and function. And he was so convicted that he got out of his car, grabbed his bag, went back to his wife and said, I'm not leaving, we're going to sort this out. And after 12 months of counselling, they renewed their wedding vows. And uh, so it's a really great opportunity the radio can get into people's worlds that may not necessarily be able to hear those type of things. So, so I love what I do. Um, my background was started, I, I started as a critical care nurse. I majored in intensive care and accident emergency. So for me to have a really good day, someone had to have a really bad day. I love the blood and the guts and all that type of stuff. And then I became a children's and family pastor at a large church in, the, um, in, the, in Wonturna. And I love that, partnering with parents. I did that for 12 years. And then I took on the role that focused on the family. And I love it. I love it. Not everything I do is all about trying to help families do it well. And one of the things that um, we make sure that we do is trying to make things in bite-sized things. And if you'd like to receive a newsletter, for example, um, that takes a minute to read or a minute to listen to or a minute to watch, you can sign up for a newsletter that actually will come into your inbox once a week and it would be very quick. So you can just uh, sign up for an e-tip, we call it, and uh, if you'd like to do that. But we also... Created a, a new thing called Family Cast, which is like a Netflix or a um, stand type of thing. We've got a lot of different resources on for kids, for um, adults, about marriage, about parenting, about pre marriage. There's a whole variety of different things on the Family Cast. And we actually started another thing called Talking About Early Parenting. It's a series of five videos. So if you're a new parent of not to 5, um, here's. It's all for free. So everyone likes things that are free. And um, so that's available also. And another thing we're just doing, and in case you're interested, we've got about five places left for a marriage retreat in two weeks' time. And um, we have hosted one in April, and then we're doing another one in June, and another one in um, November. So if you'd like to do that, and it's already good, because you take your car in for car servicing. This is like a servicing for your marriage. But we had happily married, and we had... Ongoing challenges, and we had those in crisis, whole myriad of different things. People who have been married for less than five years. We had people who were married for 35 plus years. It's something for everyone. So that's available to you as well. But at Focus, we like to have the three eyes: Being informed... Being involved, being intentional. And this will actually help you in your marriage, help you in your parenting, and help you in your family. Information is really important to get download information. But being involved is actually being interested and valuing what they are interested in. So if your kids like doof-doof music, and my boys like doof-doof music, and I don't care for it, but I like to get involved in their world. Because they say, Dad, 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 hey, listen to this drop. (laughs) Sounds the same to me. Oh, no, listen to the drop. But being involved is also understanding. You may have heard of the languages of love. Gary Chapman wrote a book about it. It was five languages of love for your husband, your wife, your dog, your cat, your, everyone. It was covered. But it talked about trying to engage with filling the love tank of your loved ones. And I'd encourage you to do your homework about trying to find out whether the language of love... And there's, usually, there's five. There's acts of service, doing things for people. Uh, gifts. Uh, there's words of affirmation. There's... Um, Uh, time, which is a very big one, and physical touch. There's these these things you can do for your kids, for your parents, or for your spouse. These are things you can do. And I can imagine that a family like family here that you're around, there's going to be a whole myriad of different backgrounds and um, areas of things that are going really well and things that aren't going so well. And what I'd like to share with you for a few minutes that I've got is maybe some things that might be help you, challenge you, uh, convict you, encourage you, empower you or just to empathize with you because we all have various families and whatever that looks like, you, can't, you can choose your friends but you can't choose your family, you're, you're stuck with them. But the idea is to actually make it as, as well as possible. I love this series. Um, Kimberly Smith did it a couple of weeks ago. I actually did an interview with Kimberly Smith, a couple of things, you know, how the church can be family for those who are without a family. And we did another different areas of that. I understand you did conflict management, which is really important. I think that's a skill that we all need to do a lot better how to manage conflict but now I'm going to just talk about relationships and family and see how we go in there because God really intended for the family to be the building block the foundation when the when the foundation of family is going well it actually has a ripple effect on society but when the family structures don't go so well it has a ripple effect on society but if we get that right, it actually can help a lot of areas. And so I believe that people within the community of church should actually have the best families and have the best marriages. But you and I know that we're all imperfect. We don't do it so well. So even the challenges inside the four walls of the church and outside the four walls of the church are actually the same. And we don't do so well, but... The Bible, for those who have got a faith and believe in it, there's a lot of principles in here, and I'm not going to go into a whole lot of things, but just give you some principles that may be able to help you and your family to do a little bit better. And even if you said, oh, I'm a 6 out of 10 or a 7 out of 10, what would it take for you to become a 7 out of 10, whatever role you are, whether you're a kid, whether you're a parent, whether you're a husband or a wife, whatever it is, or whether this is just in your own community. Hopefully this will be very help, helpful to you if a psychologist was asked, doing a survey, and says, hey, what is the most important thing for you? What is that gives you the greatest joy? What is the greatest joy that you have? And many people would say, my family. That's the first thing people say. My family gives me my greatest joy. But then if they ask a second follow-up question, they say, what gives you the most amount of frustration? And guess what they say? My family. Highs and lows of life, and the family can give all of that and, uh, and it's great to see the brothers interacting with each other. My boys, they love uh, they love interacting with each other. In fact, that's been a, a very big uh, non-negotiable in our household. We wanted our boys to really love each other and really engage with each other and care for one another, and that culminated when my son got married and I saw them, they were the groomsmen, and at the beginning of their ceremony, they were in a prayer huddle, and then at the speeches, they were hilariously funny, and then when they finished, then they're in the middle of the dance floor sobbing their little hearts out. I'm thinking, how good is this to see them so tightly knit? But they also know how to annoy each other. Has anyone got brothers and sisters? You know how exactly, how to annoy, you know which buttons to push just because you can, just to annoy. And if I was asking your brothers and sisters, what, how to annoy you? They go, I know. And their pupils dilate. <laughs> I definitely know how to do that. <laughs> But one of the things that would like to have is that the home really is should be a glimpse of who God is uh, just a that little bit of a glimpse and sometimes unfortunately if home life hasn't gone so well then they actually think that God is not quite so so right he's not engaged with me he's not uh, relevant for me he doesn't really encourage me because I didn't have that experience as a family but I'm here to tell you your past does not determine your present or your future Remember when I was talking about the three eyes: being informed, getting information, being involved, understanding what's going on, but it's the intentionality, the actual th- the decision that you can make to do things differently, to be able to do family life, not to annoy your brothers and sisters as often as you could just because you can. The way that you communicate and handle conflict, the way that you show value and show concern for one another, all takes a little bit of work. And it takes a lot of that thing. So, because your home really should be a place where everyone feels heard, everyone feels valued, everyone feels cared for, everyone feels like they can share what they have, and you're not going to freak out. So a little lesson to learn is learn to respond, not react. Because when you respond, you're in control. When you react, it shuts the conversation up because you lose the plot. But learning to that, everyone has a chance to actually share um, All sorts of things. And you know, the best place to do this? The best place to do this is the family meal time. Just having regular family meal times. Now, I know some people have never had that experience, but that's the reason why you're doing so well. This family having food and coffee, the queue going out the door, you know, like um, just never take this for granted. Because we can do, everyone gets to feel heard. I love everyone knows everyone's names. You know, I love that. But in families, that should be where it is the ideal. But I know the ideal is never quite right. But if we do that well, because all the evidence points to having regular family meal times around a table, technology free, kids will do better academically, socially, psychologically, less likely to be involved in risky behaviour, they eat better, they better have a self esteem, self worth. You know, the evidence is there. But I unfortunately get to meet a lot of people from all over the country that, when things haven't gone so well, and they haven't had those experiences. But I encourage you to straight create a tradition in your family that that's what we do: or playing games, doing things together. In fact, we had a young lady that heard um, was talking to one of my sons at work when he was doing a part-time job, and he was talking about his family, and you know, she 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 had never couldn't comprehend a family like what Taylor was describing. So she said, can, can I come to your family for a meal? And he goes, sure, you can come on Sunday nights. So she turned up five years ago, and we can't get rid of her. <laughs> she turns up every Sunday night, we can't get rid of her. She just, and she plays games with us, she's 28 years of age now, she's never had experience, but she loves playing UNO, Monopoly, Catan, and all sorts of things, we just like doing life together, and those little things... And you might think that they're just not big, but when people haven't had that experience, and this is why the community is so very important, that you may not have a, you know, the ideal family, but you've got a community around you here to be family for those who don't have a family. And those little principles can be so, so important. So I'm going to give you some tips, just really briefly, that will maybe help you and your family. is by no means exhaustive, but hopefully you might feel a little bit challenged. Okay, kids, the first one. Your parents are human. They have feelings. They hurt. They get disappointed. And right now I can see parents going, told you, told you. But I'm also saying it shouldn't be, kids are humans and they have feelings, mums and dads as well. Just understanding that, and it may seem very obvious But sometimes we actually... Because parents, you know, your kids think that you were born old. (laughs) Don't have life experience. But I'm telling you, you can actually share your story. The more you can open up your story, when I was 16, when I was doing these type of things, and opening up your stories earns you the right to speak into their lives. Just to show that you are human and you do have some of those experiences to help them navigate some of the challenges they're going to go, go through. The ability to listen. I learned the greatest thing that I, uh, I have from a group of grade sixes. I was teaching CRE at a, a local primary school and they were making. They used to give me all the kids all at once. And uh, I had a hundred kids and they were making lots of noise and I said, can you just please be quiet? And all these kids went like this. I thought, how cool is that? I said, where did you learn that? And they said, it was from our prep teacher. And I said... Why? They said, because when you put your fingers over your lips, you, you stop speaking. So I'm going to get everyone to do this right now. All right? Do, do this. All right? And if you want to add to this, go like this. hmm 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 So not only are you being quiet, but you look intelligent at the same time. The ability to listen to people, because we can hear people, but we don't necessarily listen. And learning to listen is a really, really valuable thing to do. Because it actually, there's a Bible verse that actually says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Great principles. In fact, I actually spoke at a Jim's um, mowing group on on conflict resolution and all those other of things and I mentioned this and they were ready to talk about whippersnippers and chainsaws and lawnmowers and I came and speak about this yucky love stuff and you know conflict resolution and I said there's an old ancient Hebrew proverb that says be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry they said, like, oh, That is so good. Where's that from? Learning to be honest Valuing honesty and not being trying to hide things is a really important thing. So when things aren't going so well, don't, don't try and keep the, the mask and saying I'm fine, I'm fine, I'd rather die. You know those type of things? For those who know that's from Ice Age, in case you remember. Movies are very good to use and I love using the uh, Everyone Lends Raymond but being honest, being vulnerable and being open to those around you when things aren't going so well, to share those things is a really important thing. The other thing is, I've already said to learn to respond, not react, which I won't go into a little bit more. The respect, respect is actually saying, hey, I see you, I value you, you're important to me and I want to, I want to actually hear what you have to say and value their opinions, Respect is actually knowing no matter what age. And that's why I'm saying it's so important. Especially, I was the baby of the family. And how many babies are the family here? You know, we can get our, you know, sometimes it can be overwhelming. I remember when my son was little, um, he actually had a speech impediment. And we took him to a speech therapist. We called him the speech doctor. And um, went to the speech therapist. And he, he was um, the youngest of the, the three, obviously. But the speech therapist says, do you want the honest truth? And I said, yeah, what's the honest truth? And uh, they said it's his environment that's causing him to have the speech impediment. We realized that we were rushing, 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 rushing. I think in our fast-paced world, we need to learn to slow down and respect everyone, no matter what age, and not feel rushed. And that's why I love the multiple generations that we have. There's so much we can learn from the young, but we can learn so much more from the mature age as well, respecting each other. Another thing is, uh, really important, learn the chores. And for you control freaks, who's control freaks here? Anyone control freaks? All right. There'll be an altar call. We'll have prayer later on for those control freaks. Uh, Just the the important thing is if your kids make an effort to tidy, you know, make their bed, don't go and ring make it. Because it sends two messages. One of them says, hey, (laughs) um, you're not good enough. And, um, and it says the second message, why bother in the first place? Because mum or dad is going to come and fix it up again. Don't be control freaks. Don't be perfectionists. Praise effort more than results. And that applies to schoolwork and everything type of thing. And also just admire and acknowledge people and show appreciation when people put in the effort. Not necessarily the result, but the effort for trying. Another thing to do, face the consequences and apologize, and learning to apologize, I often had to be sent to my room because my wife would see that I was laughing. <laughs> my wife was... Because there's a, there's a verse in the Bible that says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. I'm a, I'm a work in progress. Because when they were little, their face is so funny, especially when they're hurt. Or throwing a tantrum. And, you know... (laughs) Or, or, or when they... Because I was a critical care nurse. I loved the bone sticking out and all those type of things. You know, when they had a cut knee, you know, it's not a cut. It's nothing. And and they... I start getting the giggles. Go to your room. So then I had to come out to apologize to my boys and say... hold that thought. (laughs) I'm really sorry. Would you please forgive me? But one of the things you can teach your kids is adults, we can make mistakes and learn to apologize because if you don't teach your kids to make and own it yourself, they'll blame everyone else later on in life. They'll blame their teachers, they'll blame their boss, they'll blame their spouse, they'll blame everyone else. We need to teach and role model good apologies and also being able to face the consequences when things don't go so well and own it another thing you're doing is for parents is to acknowledge that it is a hard job for kids to acknowledge that it is a hard hard job being a parent you know who's the eldest in your family who's the, who's the oldest all right they practice on you all right you you 're breaking them in you you 're just sort of you know you just they 're going to make mistakes on you because it 's the first one then they seem to slacken off as they go, and then you think it's unfair but you, you 're really so all the eldest all the parents who've got an oldest child cut them a bit of slack as well because just you are really broken them in because you 're learning it's it's a hard gig and in our culture today it's society's changing and it 's all sorts of things we need to be able to actually Cut each other slack because there are no perfect parents and there are no perfect kids. Let that sink in because you might think you've got it together but we don't. There's no, we live in an imperfect world and we try and do things as best we can with the best intentions to improve the health and well-being of the way that we show value and communicate and the way that we actually do life together. And one of the things you can do is when you're allowing your kids to grow up, is allow them to grow up, face the consequences of their poor choices. If they forget their lunch, let them go hungry. You know, occasionally. Or if they forget their homework, don't try and back them up. Don't be a helicopter parent. Or what they call lawnmower parenting making everything smooth for them. Or alternatively, the new coin phrase is um, drone parenting, because that's really modern now, you know, drone parenting. But show grace. Your kids are going to make mistakes and allow them to learn. I call it failing forward. It's really important. And the final one is do life together. Have fun. Enjoy each other's company. Never take for granted. Catch those moments. There's a verse in in Proverbs, an old ancient proverb, and it says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And I used to do it when I was a nurse. I used to try and make my patients laugh. You know, just to to distract them. But laughter is actually good for our immune system. It's actually good for our lungs. It lowers our blood pressure. It actually improves the health and well-being of you personally. But it has an infectious way. And whether it's a patient or whether it's your family members, have some fun. Don't be around sucking on lemons all the time. Enjoy life and laugh at yourself. I'm a work in progress because I like doing things as best I can, and if I make a mistake, I feel like and then everyone's laughing at me. But I've got to learn to laugh at myself and not take life so seriously. So that sort of concludes those little things, and hopefully you've gained some insight on some of the challenges that we all face in life. And if you are looking at some of those those points, you know, having fun or learning to listen learning to be able to communicate, not reacting. But you know your family of origin has a very big part to the play, the way that you parent and the way that you do life, the way that you were role-modeled. You might have actually said to yourself, I will never be like my father, I will never be like my mother. You might have said that in your mind, but unless you intentionally make those decisions, you tended to default to the things that you're familiar with. And when you're growing up and you're thinking of these thoughts, you can actually... Start making some definitive decisions about how you will do life. your kids are watching you for those mums and dads and grandparents here, your kids and your grandchildren are watching you. What type of role model are you showing? I remember if I was talking doing a parenting seminar. I used to talk about having the end in mind, having a look what type of young adult they 're going to be type what type of, what type of uh, um, individual they're going to be are they going to be kind considerate thoughtful compassionate self-sufficient or are they going to be self-centered and it's all about me but that's short-sighted in fact i read an article a couple of months ago and i was really encouraged by it and really challenged by it and really wrecked me it says what type of great grandchildren are you creating you're starting to form a legacy so wherever you fit into that category whether you're a single now or whether you're a widow or whether circumstances have have caused disruption you can still try and make the relationships you have as best you can. But if you've got that stable environment and creating that environment for your kids, your kids are watching and observing. It's an incredible privilege. It's a incredible honor. You don't own your kids. You are but stewards of your kids. And we have to be a really positive stewardship of those children to do the best you possibly can. Yes, you're going to make mistakes. Yes, you're going to, you know, you can do all sorts of errors own it, take responsibility, apologize, move forward. And there may be some families here that are actually saying, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start. You know what? the best way to start is to actually say, I haven't been the type of father or the mother or the husband or the wife that I should have been. I'm really sorry for that. But I want to start afresh. I want to start a new way. Help me see the errors of my way. And don't be defensive and say, I don't know, I don't want to listen to you, I don't want to talk about that. But to actually start afresh, and we can all do that. As I said, you know, if you scale your score out of 10 of where you are, are you the type of child that your your parents, you know, that they could be really proud of? Do they rejoice in you? (laughs) That's a challenge. When was the last time you showed appreciation and thanking someone for what they do for you not, not necessarily all the tasks but who they are when was the last time you thanked your kids when was the last time you thanked your spouse when was the last time you thanked your church leaders because that's the community because we can take for granted all the things that other people do for you and we can accept that and that's, that's what we do we just, we just take it for granted but we need to be these intentional decisions to put forward you matter I value you you are important to me. And if we did those little things all the time, much more on a habitual nature, it creates the patterns of life in your family. And that can be, the family is, a definition is by anyone doing things, to do, doing life together with a common value, a common belief system. You can actually have family and they don't necessarily have to be biological. This is a family here. Let me pray for you. Father God, I just thank you so much for the mums and dads here present, the grandparents and maybe the great-grandparents, the kids, and everything in between, wherever they may fit into a family, whether they're just here single or married or widowed or divorced or separated, whatever it may be, we know that we are part of your family. Help us do the very best that we possibly can to make slight adjustments to address some of the issues that we can do family so much better the ideal and we know we've fallen short of the ideal but help us do this in a much more powerful and a much more positive and a much more encouraging way and i pray a blessing upon that in jesus most wonderful name amen
1: brett thank you so much You've given us so much to think about. And I think for each of us in our very different situations, just um, choosing to be intentional from something that we've heard um, to be intentional. I was intending, I thought at first, maybe this afternoon, I would tell my children my life story because I have to share my story with them. And then I heard be slow to speak and they may not appreciate that. So maybe we'll have a game of Monopoly or something different. I don't know. We'll do something. But I love that, that idea of just being really intentional. As we gather here as this community of people, a community that has many of us that have chosen to follow Jesus, that's got a great crowd of people here as well who are just checking out, who is this Jesus? I just want to know a little bit more about him. I think it is fantastic that we're exploring um, this idea of family, because family really, really matters to Jesus. As Jesus was on the cross slowly suffocating in agony, being abused by the onlookers, knowing that the majority of his disciples had, um, had deserted him. He looks down from the cross and he sees his own mother standing there and close to his mother. He, dece- he sees one of his disciples and despite his agony, this is what he says to his mum, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home because belonging matters. Family matters. Being in a place where we can give and receive the care and support that we need really matters. And as we get to know Jesus, we discover that it's not just our own mothers, our own brothers and sisters that matter. Earlier on, Jesus is told one time when he's um, meeting with people, Your mother and your brothers are outside waiting for you. And he turns around and he says these words My mother and my brothers are these who listen to the word of God and do it. My mother and brother are these, are these who listen to the word of God and do it. If we choose to follow Jesus, God is our Father. We become part of this very wonderful family. And Jesus looks at us. Jesus, like he looked down at his mother from the cross, Jesus looks at you. And he sees, maybe in some of you, he sees, like Mary, a need, a need for more care and support. But maybe he sees in you that you have care and support that you can give. You have a capacity to offer that support. And he says to you, look, here is your son. Look, here is your sister. Look, here is your father. Here is your mother. Here is your aunt. Here is your uncle. Here is your brother. That our family is wider than just our little family absolutely love that this discussion has begun and we are going to continue this discussion how can we as ncr be family to each other my challenge for you this morning i imagine you have so many challenges already from what brett has so kindly shared with us is that if when you arrive here on a sunday morning you have somewhere subconsciously in the back of your head oh this is my church as you walk in the door Or maybe subconsciously in your head you have, oh, this is my community as you walk in the door. I'd like you to scratch that thought, to rub that thought out and change it. That when you walk in that door, when you get up afterwards and talk to people around you, you go, this is my family. This person that I am speaking to is my sister, my brother, my nephew, my aunt, my grandparent. Because I think that actually we will see an incredible change inside of ourselves as we do that. And I think that we will see an incredible change in this community. And I love what Brett said at the beginning, the positive ripple effect that families have. I think that that will have a beautiful positive ripple effect into the community around us. And Brett talked about that our families give us a good glimpse of God. That not only will we see God because we encounter him, but we will see him because we encounter you. I will see God because I encounter you. The guys are going to sing for us. But it has been a great morning because family really matters. It matters to God. It matters to Jesus because it is the kind gift of our Father to us. Thanks, guys.